Good morning, class. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here we are, round three of Teacher Leaks. And uh, last time we were missing uh, Ralphie. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm doing, oh, I do this every week. Last week we were missing UK. This week we're missing Ralph and we're back into lockdown. What are your, what are your, what are your thoughts on the, the lockdown situation here in the land of Vic? We're like a leper colony at the moment, aren't we? It's crazy. But really, when you consider... They only had three weeks to go of school before holidays and sent them all back after the first lockdown. Why wouldn't have they just gone the extra three weeks before the end of term, joined on to two weeks holiday? That gave five weeks. I reckon because um, of everything in this, there's so many conflicting interests. The federal government were going, open the borders, the economy's tanking everyone else had gone back so the pressure was on the victorian government to go back and now it's probably bitten them in the ass to some extent mm. that's just my thought you reckon they should have rolled through to the end of the term i think i think they should have rolled through three weeks to the end of term and then another two weeks on and come back afresh mm. will it happen this time <laughs> will it will they roll through to the end of term three so these Perhaps grade sixes are the ones I'm thinking of most. Maybe oh, VCE. VCE. Is are a they going to get like half a year of actual school time? Mm. What mm. do you reckon? Well, looks like that's a case because they're not coming back for a thirteenth year, are they? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think they're going to come back for a thirteenth year, Kate. Mm. But um, you know, you look at these, say the preps who have started this year, they're going to miss out on a fair bit mm. in terms of their first year at school. So are they going to be, you know, that half a year, half a step behind for the rest of their schooling? I suppose that's what people are asking. Mm. Socialisation of the preppies and yeah. getting into a routine. And, and going back to our first episode, there's some parents who really push their students along and some who threw their hands in the air and said, it was all too hard, I'm going to give up. Yeah, so it's not going to be consistent learning across the board, is it? No, I don't think so. It's oh. it's it's an interesting time that we live in, K. Alan. Certainly is, Freddie. <laughs> I think you're going to say Ollie there. Now, listen, K. We are. Are we in isolation? Can we get arrested because we're in the same room? Well, we're social distancing. We are social distancing. You're about ten meters away from me, and I'm calling <laughs> over. Like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you can see us, uh, K. K's about. Uh, it, we're in the hall, and she's about. 100 metres away from me and we're waving at each other. Um, okay, we were going to touch on this week nepotism. I thought I found an interesting article caught my eye um, about a month ago going on some Victorian stuff here. But if you want to send something, we actually have an email address now at teacherleaks101 at gmail.com. You can send us any info you like or even go to any of our uh, podcast links at Apple, Spotify, TuneIn. Or a SoundCloud, you go straight to SoundCloud and um, follow us um, and put any comments down there if you want. But this, this article caught my IK and it was from the Victorian Ombudsman, Deborah Glass. Uh, and it reads, Victorian Ombudsman Deborah Glass finds nepotism continues in government schools. 
a warning has been issued to principals in state schools across Victoria after a new report found they continue to hire family and friends without declaring the relationship. Uh, that's the header. And it goes on to say basically that principals in government schools are using their positions uh, to really hire their mates. Mm. And I just wanted to get your opinion. Um, has this happened in the past? Can you think of cases this has happened in the past? I think everyone, Fred, would have cases that they could call on affirmative to this topic because, well, yes, I've got two cases in my from principal class. Now, no names, no names. No, no, no. <laughs> but um, one principal got her mate in as her vice principal and her daughter in to work into the office. And her daughter. Her daughter worked in the office for a stint. How long? Yeah. How long are we talking? Oh, a few months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With no, just she just appeared one day to just help out. And yep. Yep. Get some money. Um, this principal wasn't was very 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 inadequate, and eventually, she um, I think got a vote of non-confidence and was eventually moved from the school. Oh, really? Mm, mm. I, I'd like to ask you, if, if she got her daughter in and mm. her mate, the, the question I ask is why? Is it to just feather their nest and look after them and give them an income or whatever? Or is it an, is it another motive? Like, are they putting, surrounding or ring barking themselves to protect themselves? I think that they're, they're doing it so that they've got everyone on side. So any decision they make is always backed up because it's by their mates. So I they've got the masses on side, mm, especially if they're going into mm, a new environment. Mm. Do you think it would happen um, more predominantly in different situations? So if you were basically the incumbent, if, say, say for example you've been in a school for a long time and you picked up a leadership or principal position, do you think you are less likely to do that than being someone cold, new, into a new school where you don't know the lay of the land? Sorry, ask me the question again. Would I... What's your name and what's your favourite colour? <laughs> 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 so now what I'm asking you, do you think that would tend to change depending on the situation you're in? So if you're already in the school, right? So I'm in oh, a school, okay. I apply for the... The principal jobs, and I get at the, the gig. same school. At the same right. school, I've worked in. Everyone knows me. Yes. I know what's going on. Um, am I less likely to do that than someone who applies for a job and mm. gets it and don't know the environment? So they're coming mm. in with some trepidation that they don't know mm. the lay of the land before I they get there. I think it gives them a bit of strength mm. to have their. So you're, you're, them. you think it's probably more likely to happen in that situation? Yes, I think so. And the situation you're talking about was that someone who was new into the school? Yes, yes, no. new into the school. Yep. Yeah, I, I just I, it only occurred to me then, just thinking thinking about it. Most situations, I believe it's occurred in that I've witnessed it has been someone new into the school. Mm. Yeah. I, I wonder. I, I actually wonder, even though this is an Auditor General's report, I wonder if. Um, there's advice going around in those sort of circles to do that to protect yourself. Mm. Accountability. The department doesn't want a lot of complaints, I suppose. But another another interesting one was um, another person in a, a vice principal role um, was 
facing court regarding unfair dismissal of a teacher and proved that it was an unfair dismissal of the teacher. So the teacher was reimbursed with holiday, sick pay, got a, a year, I think, So hang on, can, can I get this right? So is this the same principle you're talking about? No, before? no, no, this no, is another one. This yeah. Is, this is another one. Yeah. And um, so basically lost the case against this teacher and then was removed from the school to another school basically as a promotion. Got her out of the school and went to another school, which were bigger numbers, a more high-profile school, to get her out of that environment. So, so it was basically wasn't even moved, wasn't even moved sideways. It was promoted. No, no, moved upways. Moved upwards. Yes, yes. It's a bit like the old Catholic Catholic <laughs> priests, isn't it? We'll just bury them in another spot and hopefully, and hopefully they'll go unnoticed again <laughs> until, until that shit all falls apart. It is. It is. I think we touched on it the last episode with Ralph that everyone rises to their level of incompetence at the end. Mm. But um, you know, we're talking about. Having those those skills in finance or marketing or whatever, yeah. but yeah, look, I think we've all got a story where we've witnessed a principal or not principal leadership and mm. the the mate syndrome. Um, we all know. Let's come down. We all know the interview process and nothing's supposed to be said, whatever. But it's nudge, nudge, wink, wink, mm. uh, da da da. So all this merit and equity training that everyone went through. A while back, where's that gone? What is what does that mean? I think it's. I think it was just a, a sham at the end of the day to yeah. try and make it look like those things were happening, but I don't think they actually. They tick the boxes of the yeah. process of merit and equity, yeah. but don't adhere to it. No. But that gets back to the whole interview process, Kay. Mm. I mean, I, I'd assume you've been involved in a few interview processes, etc. I, I just. I think it's very weak, the interview process in itself, um, that you can get candidates, put their put whatever forward, you shortlist on a pile of candidates with often people on that panel that have no experience. Mm. Like, I think usually in the system here, in the state system in Victoria, you need to have a, um, a parent rep. Um, now, often that parent is not qualified or has never even done an interview themselves and then you've basically have this afternoon or whatever to make a decision on your interviews and i i just think there's too many holes in it i like mm. the idea of uh, taking someone out giving them 50 beers seeing if they make a dick of themselves <laughs> and then making a call on them because yeah. you'd probably have about 10 principals yeah. jobs if you did that <laughs> 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 I don't know what happened to the old system of seniority. Well, we touched on this one as well last episode. Oh. But then if you're ta- using seniority, who's to say that person... Is the best for the job. Best for the job and they've simply just got it because they've clicked over a number that's, through the that's system. That's quite right. I, I agree with that. But that person also undoubtedly has a lot of experience. Yes. And has been in a lot of systems yeah. and schools generally to be right up there on the... Yep. Number one for the job, and I think back all years ago, and I can't remember many principals or or being, you know, in the media about wrong wrong decisions and and things that are going on now. Um, yeah, 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 I agree to you. Oh, sorry, to you. I agree with you. Casting my mind back, you probably had some prins that didn't perform as well as others, but you never really had. You never, you never had an. A, a whole, Huge issues. No, 
No. But then is that a reflection of society too that we're more, we're more likely to Have push issues. back mm. and complain and whinge and whatever? It's but at least you knew that the person that got that job was high up there and should have the skills to run a school. Yeah, they had life experience. And That's right. But to, to now anyone getting the job and mates and friends, and I've seen a lot of principals out there that are, are, are pitiful. Yeah, oh, I think we all have. Mm. I think the Catholic system in Victoria at least, and I would dare say it might be throughout Australia, in the application process, the shortlisting is not done by the the interview panel. The shortlisting is done mm. by a totally independent authority. In, mm. this, in this situation down here, it's Catholic Ed, where they go, uh, here are some minimum standards that must be met. So, for example, I think they have to have their master's in education, whatever, so it shows they're studied, whatever. Mm. And the people who do the shortlisting to start with go, uh, are very experienced at it and go, da-da-da, here's your shortlist interview panel. So at least mm. we've filtered it to start with from an independent um, perspective. But then also, interrupting, sorry, Fred, is um, also the panel. Can the principal set up the panel? Well, if you're interviewing for a principal, how do they set up the panel? Like who's on the panel, who, who's well, on the panel to choose someone? Well, yeah, like, oh, really good point. I've been involved in a couple of panels and... Well, you get no real. You usually have your regional um, representative, yep. and you have a principal from another school. How that principal is decided, I'm not quite sure. Whether they put their hand mm. up, they get tapped on the shoulder, whatever. Um, and then the the staff representative is usually someone who's just been who who wants to do it. Like if mm. everyone else says, I don't want to be involved. What do you get? And as I said, then you've got the parent parent representatives who might be totally inexperienced and i have been on mm. panels i have been on panels before where the parent representative has never been involved in the interview process and has never done an interview themselves so here are these people making you know mm. decisions very important mm. decisions on schools without that that experience themselves mm. I don't know how you fix that problem. <laughs> Some of the listeners may have an idea. Yeah, well, look, if you've got an idea, <laughs> listeners, on how to fix this problem, you send it into Kay, I, and Ralphie whenever he returns from bloody holidays, whoever he is on his coronavirus vacation, sitting back. I don't know what weak ass excuse he gave me tonight for not being here. It was in his calendar. Um, I think he blamed his other half. But anyway. We're all here, we're ready to rock and we're ready to go. So if you've got any inputs to this, it is quite a um, a big area. I mean, for the Auditor General to put forward a statement um, about this really shows that it is a problem within schools, uh, from office staff to other teachers that get appointed to school schools to um, principal selections themselves, nepotism has it affected your workplace does it affect your workplace um if so shoot us a line uh, we'd love to hear something from you all right Kay. so that is unless you've got something else to add I'll no i don't think so i no? can't see how you're going to fix this problem though. <laughs> now last week we we started something ralphie brought in something about the vit report um so we are going to Throw early to the VIT report this week. The VIT report. There it is. 
<laughs> There's our intro. Okay, how do you like that? What a beautiful piece of editing that was. <laughs> and um, we had uh, Carmelo last uh, in the last episode who had uh, put in for a sickie and basically gone and represented Australia during his sickie and got caught in the act. So... We, this week we have uh, tried to tie in a VIT report to what we've been talking about in, in, in nepotism. And the VIT report this week centres on someone who is deemed uh, incompetent by their principal. Um, now, this this person, sorry, George, if you're out there, but it's you. <laughs> now, George, George was nailed at his place of uh, employment and the person who was on his panel then actually was a person who was part of the VIT review said, no, he's no good. I stuffed up in the interview process and and George was incompetent. And George was accused of doing things like uh, he was doing home echo basically in high school and he was accused of storing beers in the fridge, of not cleaning up properly, of saying things inappropriate to to students and there was in the end K there was a litany a litany of things that George was accused of doing so why I'm really heading for this is do principals then have the power to clear out teachers or vice versa if they have someone in the gun can you just make up stuff and get people to corroborate it if you want to get rid of someone and is it too hard is it too easy to get rid of someone from your workplace if you if you want it to happen? I'm sure you've talked with people you've thought. Mm. I, a while ago, I can remember a principal trying to oost a staff member. And oost? <laughs> what the fuck is oost? Oost. Get rid is of. Is that your own word? <laughs> is that a real word? Can someone get that on your dictionary here? Oost. Kay's just come up with this. I oost. think it's a word. Well, I have to. I have to say, Kay, in another life, you are very known for your liberal, liberal use of the English language. <laughs> you want to make up a fucking word? That, I don't think it's a word made up. Okay, oost, I like it. Anyway, get rid of yeah the ass. That's right. And um, apparently, they had to do something like have seventeen reports on this teacher. They had to. Send off 17 incompetent situations. There had to be a number on it. Oh, so that, so you're saying it had to be documented. Mm. So why 17? It seems an odd number. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just from memory, but I can remember it was a, a, a big number of complaints going in. You are, we, are we relying on your memory? Oh, yes. Yeah, so that's probably <laughs> very wrong. It's probably <laughs> it might have only been seven. Six, seven. Six, <laughs> 17. <laughs> Documented. <laughs> have, have you ever taught with anyone? You go, I wish I could document all this and get rid of this person. Oh, yes. Yes? Yes. Yes. And have you? Definitely a principal. And did you? And I think it was pretty successful. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually oosted a principal. <laughs> well, not, not on my own. Certainly no, you not. had help. Yeah. Like 100% of the staff. (laughs) (laughs) What about the community? Uh, Yes, the community weren't on side either with the principal. So you're saying the power is there to oost a principal as well? I I believe so, yes. 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 
But then again, I would, wouldn't want to be on the wrong side of UK. You can organise a pretty uh, slanderous campaign, I'm tipping. No, I'm very fair. Harsh but fair. Cruel but just. <laughs> uh, but it becomes a, a, a political game, doesn't it? Yes. In any, yes. Oh, look, it's probably not just teaching. It's probably anything I in think, life, isn't I it? I think across the board nowadays. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, if this is a topic, note this one down, 99. Uh, it's dynamics in staff, alliances, factions, mm. um, behind-the-scenes meetings. I suppose, to me, if I was in a leadership position, this would be probably the hardest thing to deal with as a principal mm. is knowing where those allegiances and mm. alignments lay. And but, trying to keep everyone happy. Yeah, well, I, I suppose if you try and do the right thing and are a nice person by most people and I seem to be effective, then you won't have that anyway. Mm. I think the delineation in years has been the difference between complaining, mm. venting, mm. and plotting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could that be a T-shirt? <laughs> complaining, venting, plotting. I don't know, it's some sort of hierarchy to that. Oh, I got it the wrong way around. But... Um, yeah, George was definitely uh, given the knife and, it, is, and it, it looked like there were a lot of teachers that came in aligned against George. Um, things like he didn't comply prompt with lawful instructions given to him by the principal. Um, there, are about part, there were about three parts to the evidence here. Misconduct, um, uh, quite a few things. So how do we... Can some of these be unfair? Can a principal go, right, I don't want K Alamein in my school and I'm going to get rid of it? Or are the processes, mm. the checkpoints enough there? I think that they maybe could, but I think it would be a very, very, very tough process to actually remove someone. Yep. But I think it's the way, in my experience, it's very hard for principals mm. if they want to move someone on. The general line seems to have been in the past, just give them the thing they hate the most. Yes, and force them to leave. Yes. And that's happened to many teachers too. Yes, yes. Give them a position that they just can't bear. Yep. And but leave. in my my vast experience, <laughs> <laughs> my vast, the best leaders that I have seen have gone exactly the opposite philosophy. You can tear a place apart and I can remember one recent place of employment I was in where the principal took that line and the person they were trying to get rid of dug in, like dug in hard, uh, and it took five, six years to get rid of them. Wow. And in that five, six years, it became a personal war. Mm. Now, And what's that like for the workplace? Yeah, what's that right? Mm. And what's it like for the students? Mm. What's that mm. like for the kids? What's that like mm. for anyone? Whereas the best leadership I've seen is going, okay, they might not be great at this, but what are they good at? Like, Everyone has something they're good at. Let's play to people's strengths and use mm. their strengths. But that's and a nice, clear, open-minded person. Mm. And human nature mm. wants a bit of revenge a lot of times, don't they? Do oh, I, I never do. <laughs> I've never, never oh, ever no. sought revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Not much. <laughs> never, ever, ever. I reckon you would, Kay. I don't know about me, but I reckon you would. Um. It's an interesting one, and, and I, I would dare say a lot of teachers out there, if they sat, if they're sitting in their car at the moment at a set of lights, listening to teacher leaks, because you know it's it's going like wildfire. This podcast, <laughs> like it's, I think we're up to ten thousand downloads or something <laughs> at the moment. Um, 
think, yeah, workplace dynamics forms a large part of anyone's life and, and what happens yeah. out there and how you're treated at work and how how that works in with your leadership, etc., is is a really interesting and, and no one said answer, obviously. No, no one no answer at all. But I think the principal a good principal would just keep to their guns and actually talk to everyone. I've seen principals that are doing this on the sly, underhand, trying to, you know, undermine teachers or get rid of them. Oh, I, I think that's I think that that's I think that's the quickest way to your demise. As soon as you've mm, lost trust, mm, that's right. As soon as you've lost trust with someone, if if there are discussions obviously happening behind your back and they're not transparent, then it always comes back. Mm. I think it probably comes back both ways. Yeah. Um, and loss of trust, then you it's gone. It's I think you're on a road to nowhere as soon as that mm. trust is lost. But. Yeah, you as one of the great plotters of all time, uh, Kay, I'm sure you could speak <laughs> ad nauseum on this matter because anyone who has removed a principal and uh, um, mobilised a whole community to <laughs> 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 and, and I think state government to <laughs> get rid of a principal, I reckon they're doing pretty well. So, well done. More power to you. All right, Kay, we, we're going to uh, just take... We're going to move into our um, past and present initiative, which has proven to be a really popular one in the last couple of episodes. By 1990, no Australian child will be living in poverty. Okay, okay, so I'm going to quickly launch into the past initiative this week. Now, Ralph did it the first week, I did it the second week. I should have put the asset on you to come up with a past initiative that the Ministry of Education have taken, a current one, and a, a hypothetical future one. So my past initiative, and it's in line to some degree with what we've been talking about, is an initiative called Affirmative Action. Now, I, I don't know whether the genesis of this was with the union or with the ministry, or the union started and the ministry just agreed to it and ran with it. That's probably more the likely course. But affirmative action basically was launched for the underrepresentation of females in leadership. So affirmative action being the underrepresentation of someone, whether it be race, colour, sex, whatever, at any certain level. So within the Ministry of Education, Victorian, affirmative action was let's get more females in leadership. And... Um, what do you, how do you reckon that that went, Kay, as an initiative? The more females in leadership, good, bad or indifferent? Well, as much as I hate to say this, I think it's been bad in that not I, – I think it's great to have both female and male in leadership positions, but I think they overemphasized the um, females came in, coming in. And what I saw, I think, in a few cases of, of – women getting into the leadership positions and overreacting they weren't natural they overreacted in that oh, i've got the power this is what it's meant to be women power and and got a bit carried away with the power and the autonomy that they had and weren't really batting for the people and and the staff under them they were going for look where i've got 
you know, this is this is where I need to go. And I think they lost sight a little bit of why they were in the position. When you say they, that's not the, the all. No, 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 some. 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 Yes, very few. But I think some of these women got into positions and and just went crazy with the power. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Now, and I've got myself into trouble a few times with people you probably know who in leadership in schools about women leading and saying the wrong thing they're obviously mm. very very competent women leaders but have we sort of gone to the point where we have an imbalance the other way mm. i think we have now yes yeah i well, would definitely in the actual um teaching profession um maybe not as as severe in secondary schools but definitely severe in primary schools mm. uh, we're, we're probably confusing the two as a leadership into actual representation but affirmative action was a past initiative you make it your mind yourself whether you think it was a good bad or indifferent one k seems to be a bit on the fence that we yes. have had it has caused some problems um but the current initiative i've come up with k the current initiatives are the um the instructional model in teaching which is setting your learning intentions etc to mm-hmm. start with um I actually think this is a great initiative. If I have taught for a number of years and you think you know it all, but to set at the start of a lesson for students to know this is what I want you to know by the end of the lesson, this is what we're trying to learn and be very clear and concise and this is how we're measuring. If you're successful in obtaining that learning attention to me has made lessons very clear. I can go, it makes you distill down what your objective is for the lesson. So, But hasn't that always been the case? The well, it has been the case. That I've always done a lesson and know what I want to do, but maybe I haven't been too clear for the students that they've gone, well, this is what he expects me from me by the end. I've sort of gone, okay, this is what we're doing today and launch into it. But it's far more specific now and this is what you need to show me to be successful so an example is say a PE lesson that the learning intention is to correctly execute an overhead overhand throw and your success criteria will be you'll be able to throw this ball 10 meters more by the end of the lesson that's so, that's very cut and dry but when you're going into the other learning areas like literacy mm-hmm. and maths I think that's a different oh, don't ask me about that <laughs> in a classroom or a different question you know a different aspect in that a lot of it is now they say student directed learning well that goes back to my second part which is student voice mm. giving students mm. a voice and what they want, want to do to, to increase mm. engagement etc now, I'm all for students having a part in what they're doing, etc. But once again, I think this is an initiative maybe over, that has overstepped the mark. Maybe not so much the initiative, but an interpretation of the initiative that student voice. Yeah. A lot of people say now students have to have all this voice. And they sometimes the students have no idea what they need to learn or where mm. they need to go or what they need to do. So... Yeah, student voice is one that sort of does my head in at times. You know, this everyone goes student voice, student voice, student voice. But you know, what, at what point is the? Well, I wish that it was student voice in my day as a student. Oh Jesus, we would have been <laughs> pyromaniac, would have burnt the school down, done whatever. Would have been. <laughs> <laughs> would have been. The whole course of history would have been altered if they gave you student voice, Kay. I'm, so why I'm is sore. it different now? This is a problem. Why is it different? Ooh. Why are we giving student voice? Well, I think it ties into our first episode and that 
Who are the masters now? Mm. We give so mm. much student voice that when a student is told this is where it needs to go or needs to do, they don't like to listen to it. So I think it's I think it's a reflection of society now to some degree. Mm. It's obviously going to be the reflection of someone who's done a study or a PhD and it's evolved into a an educational theory, student voice. Mm. Um, and I think it has a lot of merit, but it's just gone too far. It's a bit like the affirmative yeah. action. I don't know when these things are implemented, how you put bounds on them, how you go, right, this is this is how far you take it. It seems a lot of these things, over my time in education, they go, here's an idea, a concept, and everyone just goes bananas on it and beats it till it's a pulp. And um, no one ever steps back and goes, is this working or not? This might, no, <laughs> it just sounded good much, at the time. Too much has been invested into it yeah, too, and people yeah. don't like to say, no, that didn't work. Yeah. Yep. I mean, going through all the language experience approach, the non-phonetical approach, we've we've gone through dozens of them. Yep. And really, when it all boils down to it. Developmental play. Yeah, mental play, I think it was commonly referred to. <laughs> mental play. <laughs> mental play. <laughs> um, the bottom line is that, that can they do basic reading and writing and doing sums you know what's cheaper to buy in a supermarket <laughs> i don't i don't know that that we're on top of this no i i think we might get back to our standards mm. at, at some point but anyway the future initiative k now this type this is this is a little bit of a link back to the first one in affirmative action this is my tip oh. for the ministry what they're going to come out with next <laughs> in, a, in an initiative and that is to get more blokes back into teaching because there has definitely been a drift of male representation away in teaching. Why that is? Any theories as to why? Okay. Ooh. Pay, opportunities, affirmative action. It's I don't know. Sometimes I think this is this is one right out of left field, but the system's all a bit airy-fairy for males now. Like there's no sort of direction of what... It's all ambiguous. It's all interpretation. I suppose there was a, a, a career path that you'd probably become a, again a leadership, but now with affirmative action, mm. not a, so I, like, yeah. I don't know if it would be so enticing for a male mm. to get into the Why system. Why do you say ambiguous? I'm not sure what you mean by that. I think the whole shift of the teaching has changed, the whole idea and the concept of teaching. Whereas I think um, guys... Maybe just go in and they do their job and they have their their um, they have their ways of doing it and the system says this is how you do it. Now there's a lot of emotions come into it. Um, you're saying you're saying guys generally don't have low emotional intelligence. Well, I'm not saying ge- well they generally have, generally. Oh well, no, more, I have. Yeah, I've got zero. More so, more so than women, I think. But um, there's just so many different variables coming into the system now like have you offended someone um oh, political you, correctness yes, you're saying as and well all, yeah and i think well a lot it. of guys haven't got the time for that but it's a, it's a, a, you open up a real can of worms here too sometimes we do this podcast and i think this could make a whole new podcast and maybe we can run with some themes in that but i know when i started teaching you could have a joke and a practical joke and it was I've spoken to a lot of people about this. It was fun. Mm. You would rock up and you would have fun. Mm. You would do things that probably were on the edge a couple of times. Like I'd come out to my cars plenty of times and they were on my car was on bricks. 
with the wheels removed. Or covered with toilet paper. Or covered with <laughs> toilet paper. Or walk into a staff room with a starting gun and shoot a parent and yep. <laughs> think they're shot. And or things it like was that. Just like, but that was fun. Mm. And that has been sucked out of the job. And that's now maybe that where I'm coming from in that it people don't even sit around. Fun and it was just a joke. There was nothing meant by it. No but malice. Now, there was no, no malice. malice at all. But now it seems that anything you do is going to be taken the wrong way or any joke. Mm. So I just think the type of personalities between males and females, it wouldn't wouldn't be so enticing for a guy to get into this system now. So do, are, you, are you then saying that females don't like practical jokes? They don't like the... Maybe, well, ma- ma- generally, maybe, maybe, generally more so than guys. I don't know. I'm, well, I'm a female and I love practical jokes. But I know I'm simplifying it. I know that's not exactly mm. what you're saying, but I, I think I get the gist of what you're saying. It's just I the just environment don't think guys is not a male it. environment no, anymore. No, I don't think it's a male environment anymore. But I, I would, I would contend with you. There's a lot of females too that would find the environment. Yes. Not enjoyable. Just the fact that on a Friday you used to have a drink, there was a real sense of camaraderie with Mm. your staff. I mean, you think where we've crossed paths, Kay, in a couple of places, like you used to look forward to those. And there's people, uh, those Friday nights, and there's people that you would term as friends for the rest of your life that Mm. you make through your journey of teaching. And now it's just uh, 3.30, get out the door on a Friday night. But also what's a little bit sad is that on the Friday evenings, that used to be the debrief. You debriefed the, the week and, and the hardships you yep, went through yep, and yep. you turned it into a joke and you yep. played about it. But now um, you're not, a lot of times, not even allowed to talk about what happened with an, an incident with a child or this. It's all hush-hush because of maybe repercussions or possibly mm, parental, mm, mm. you know, backlash or whatever. Yeah. That, that wasn't... God. That wasn't the case in the early days. You could have a joke, and and the debrief really, I think, was essential for the staff. God, I'm just thinking back to a Christmas. Chris no, Kringle <laughs> had a student don't. in a box who handcuffed himself to the teacher. Okay. He sat in the box for two hours, I think. <laughs> My God, when you think back, some of the things that used to happen. But well, maybe it did need to change. We've gone off. We've gone off track because I haven't even finished what. What my intention was. So getting males into teaching. So here is my off the wall. Someone will stone me for this, but I reckon there'll be an incentive to female teachers to have a sex change. Back to guys. I reckon the ministry will offer bounties to women to have sex changes and give them a give them a bonus in their pay. Now you've just done debunked any value of this I know know. I'll just throw it all (laughs) out the window unbelievable oh listen Kay we're already up to our 30 minute mark so we're going to finish off we are going to finish off with our policy question okay we're going to finish off with our policy question I call the member for Kuyong thank you Mr Uh, Deputy Speaker I rise to speak on the Australian Education Bill 2013 and I start with the statement that we all want better school outcomes. But this bill before the House does not deliver those better outcomes. Now, Kay, this is a complicated one this week, right? The policy is a complicated one, but it does tie into what we've been talking about because principals can use this policy as a weapon or weaponise this policy or, to be honest, if you're a principal and can even comprehend the policy because there are that many definitions and things that link off it, I reckon you're doing a pretty good job. But 
the policy is this. It is the parent complaint policy. So I reckon parent, um, principals would be dealing with this one quite a fair bit. And if you want to look one of these suckers up, it is fair income. I think you need to have a PhD in law. But it reads, complaints concerning employee conduct. So a parent is making a complaint. In determining the appropriate action, the principal or manager, subject to satisfying any legal or policy requirements, should use his, I know it's his, or her, sorry, professional judgment to decide whether the matter should be dealt with as a complaint, unsatisfactory performance, or misconduct. So basically, if a parent comes in, the first step is to decide whatever they're talking about, is it a complaint? Is it an unsatisfactory performance or is it misconduct? But if for a parent to come in with that, they'd have to agree that it's all of them, the parent, wouldn't they? Because oh, well, they're is... coming in first to complain and then they're saying that the teacher's behaviour is well, unsatisfactory. no, 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 no. This is the thing because each, whatever it falls in, is dealt with in different ways <laughs> and follows different processes. Mm-hmm. So a complaint is technically different and you have to go to the definitions to uh, report for misconduct which is different to unsatisfactory performance as in George Stone VIT report number 356-7 sorry made that one up too so there's a a a different different course of procedure for each so my question is because it's a true false question right misconduct if it is deemed as misconduct, if the parent, now the, the principal, principal has to, to deem yep. this first, uh, the employee, the principal must then must contact the employee conduct branch of the ministry. And who's they that? They must. <laughs> if it a complaint, the principal may contact the employee conduct branch who's the, who's the conduct branch when did they when oh, did i've they, never heard of them when did they arise <laughs> oh a bit of crackle there and if it's unsatisfactory performance the principal must Ooh. contact the employee conduct branch so basically if either it is deemed as misconduct or unsatisfactory performance and i think then unsatisfactory performance as you said earlier needs a litany of documentation mm. Uh, the employee branch must be conduct. And the same with sure misconduct. Yeah. Yep. But if it's a complaint, so a parent comes in and goes, wah, 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 wah. It's Principal says buzz off or not. Yeah. Yep. True mm. or false? True or false? I know it's crazy, but I'd have to say it's true. No, no, it is, it is true. It is true. So basically, the only one where the principal has discretion is, is a, a complaint. complaint. Now, I want to know more if, about if this we body. Wanna, if we want to, if we want to dig further, <laughs> mm. then we need to actually pull apart the difference between misconduct to a complaint, because as you said, if someone is, a, is misconduct, wouldn't it be a complaint anyway? Can that be too? Can I complain and it be misconduct? Are they mutually exclusive? Mm. Uh, I don't know. Unsatisfactory performance to me would be, you know, if a parent comes in and says he's not marking the homework, they haven't given us anything. Mm. Not teaching yeah, it, 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 this is a very, very grey area, obviously. Mm. Now, that's what I said earlier. Can a principal use that mm. really as a tool whenever they want, mm. depending on the definitions that are given? 
this could be some really light-hearted reading on a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> the parents of the, the um, parents' complaint policy of the ministry. Now, I know this will differ between states and departments, but I have tried to write these sort of things for clubs before and they are a nightmare. There are that mm. many what-ifs. So in the end, you sometimes think, is there any use having it? But you do need a procedure. Virtually like a complaints and grievance policy if someone complains or whatever. Where is the world coming to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you need it, you need it, Kay. And yep. so there we go. But anyway, what do you think? Any uh, any any thoughts on the complaints grievance policy? But it is true. It is true. The only area of discretion for a principal in the state of Victoria anyway is if it was a complaint mm. from a parent. If it was misconduct... But then, but then you have to know what is the misconduct. Yeah, what well, is right. what is it's, unsatisfactory? It's, it's, it's pretty impossible I, to. I reckon you'd need a QC to navigate this. Honestly, mm. it would be. I do not envy anyone in leadership having to um, try and follow this. No. You, you would spend a couple of days trying to navigate if you've gone the right course. Anyway, that's right. And and under in that jurisdiction, I just noted on your little handout there that it had um, the teacher is to maintain proper order and discipline among the students well if they can't do that because of unruly children does that come under they are an unsatisfactory teacher or it's misconduct in the classroom or or a complaint or a complaint it's too right. it's too ambiguous it's yeah. I don't think there's enough well to me a complaint could be unsatisfactory performance mm. or it could be misconduct I, I don't see them as separate entities so look if you mm. are experienced in reading this we know someone out there will be someone within a regional sense or a, mm. someone within a department somewhere can you please give us some light because we're we're always struggling with it and I, I know Kay would be struggling with it too so I'm struggling big time <laughs> we sent you out last time I think Kay to wrap it up uh James has been on the news a bit with uh, the back to school in Victoria have you lined up James Molino to come on our program I don't think you knew who he was last time no so. I didn't <laughs> Mr. James Molino, 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 Mr. James Can we get James on here with a with a with a listening audience of ten thousand? James, you have to be a chance, don't you? Come and speak to the masses. Can't he zoom? Come and correct us. You can come and sack us if you want. Oh, we could Zoom him. Yep. You reckon we get James in Why on a not? Zoom? <laughs> I know what we can do. Maybe <laughs> I, I've got a, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Might leave it to the next episode. So, look, this is what I'm tasking you with, uh, Kay. You're going to get James on here. Oh, that's so. Can you do that? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're a well-connected person around town. No. I, I don't think that really would be in my jurisdiction. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well this is a virtual wrap for episode three of teacher leaks thanks uh kay for coming in at your busy schedule welcome freddie and it's always a pleasure it's always nice to sit back and chew the fat and um there's just not enough time to really dig into some of these these stories and we we, we, we can't really throw the detail out there without risk of being thrown in the jail i think <laughs> with some of these stories can we no no names <laughs> no names especially that kid who was in the box for two hours it's but uh, anyway, folks, jump on board, get a few mates on board, send in to TeacherLeaks101 at Gmail if you've got any questions or want to ask, add anything or cover anything or follow us on SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, 
or Spotify or tune in. And we'll catch you next week. Bye for now. Bye. Yes.